Adam Carolla is a genius. Mr. Reagan. Before I get into this, I need to mention that if you'd like to support this channel, please check out my Patreon page. I do everything myself here, and I'm currently trying to scale up, which means paying editors and hopefully researchers soon and maybe getting new shows on the channel. So I'm trying to get enough regular income to do all of that. We've created some incentive tiers uh, to get, like, I don't know, Mr. Reagan pens, like this one, uh, and mugs, and, you know, like the one I drink out of from time to time, uh, and stuff like that. Now, these things are totally not worth what you're paying for, but it's really just a way to support the channel. Um, if you want to support the channel and you happen to need to prepare your family in case of an emergency, you can get a two-week food supply and a locking tote from My Patriot Supply. Uh, these seem pretty dang cool to me. My brother got uh, one of these for his family after he saw me hawking it last month. Uh, and he said that just after it arrived, he spotted a four-day emergency supply kit from another brand at Costco for like 50 bucks or something. But this is like a four-day kit. Super light, apparently, unlike the one you can buy through here, uh, which is very heavy and uh, seems like it'll last a while. So having seen this other one at Costco, he was like, oh, man, I'm glad I bought the one from the Mr. Reagan channel. All right, so if you want to get one of these, um, you can get 45% off right now. And the food lasts up to 25 years in storage, which seems mental to me. Um, <laughs> so if you want one of these emergency food uh, supply kits, go to preparewithmrreagan.com. And again, if you just want to support the channel, uh, check out my Patreon. Link is in the description. Okay, let's talk about Adam Carolla. There is something about the mind of a comedian that is radically different than, and I think hugely beneficial to, the rest of society. Adam Carolla has one of those minds. He observed that conservatives always preemptively qualify their political positions. So there's, well, I think there's also a quick addendum here, like a simple thing we could do. I think we're all guilty of doing it. I listen, I watch your show, I listen to your show religiously, even though I'm an atheist, and, and you guys do it, and I don't think it's unconscious, and we all do it, where you go, look, uh, here are my thoughts on immigration, and then you stop and you go, Hispanics are great people, I work with many Hispanic people, I have no ill will in my heart toward Hispanic people, and then you go ahead and talk about securing the border, sure. and then you do this thing where you go, or it's a feminine issue, I'm married, I have daughters, I love them dearly, I don't abuse my wife ritualistically. Now. Why do we have to preface yeah, everything right. with explaining, look, I'm not an arsonist, I'm not a pedophile, here are my views, like, <laughs> I'm not a racist. I, this knows, of course you're not a racist, you're not a racist. I'm not a racist in theory, I make a few off-color jokes. My point is, is we shouldn't have to preface every talking point with, I'm not misogynistic, I'm not right. xenophobic, I'm not homophobic, I'm not racist, we're not. Now, qualifying your political positions goes something like this. Uh, you want my views on affirmative action? Okay, before I get onto that, let me explain that I have seven black friends. I grew up with one of them. Uh, two of them I met at work. One of them is my doctor. One of them lives in the apartment above me, and we hang out pretty much every weekend. Okay, now let me tell you about my views on affirmative action. <laughs> and I am definitely guilty of this. And people sometimes even call me out on it. And there's this well-established idea on the left now that if, you know, you have a black friend, that does not disqualify you from being a racist. And in fact, the attempt to use any kind of interracial relationship, fraternal, romantic, platonic, whatever, any attempt to use these, you know, a claim of a relationship as proof of non-racism, this kind of thing is protesting too much and therefore evidence of racism. I mean, it's a convoluted idea, but this has been used for a while now to dismiss any 
you know, qualification of any conservative or, or any white person or any critic of the left, leftist political ideology, who might want to qualify themselves against any you know, potential accusations of racism. But this qualification should not be dismissed. If you have a black friend, you're probably not racist. Like, imagine somebody hears an argument of yours that they think, you know, maybe is somehow racial or something, and they're like, you're a racist. You go, all my friends are black. They're like, it doesn't matter. You're still racist. No, no, it does matter, okay? I really doubt that there's a bunch of white supremacists running around burning crosses trying to create their ethno state and then going home to their black wife and half-black kids and hanging out with their black buddies. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe there is somebody like this out there, but I imagine if they do exist, they're very rare and they're definitely very confused. But now, because the left dismisses our qualifications, our little evidences provided to prove our non-racistness, uh, because the left is dismissing those things, it has become incredibly frustrating for conservatives to try to express any opinion about race at all, or any social issue. Look, if we don't qualify ourselves, we are assumed to be racists. But if we do qualify ourselves, such evidence is dismissed, and we're also assumed to be racists anyway. So. You know, conservatives are eternally frustrated by this. So Adam Carolla has a solution. The solution he's proposed is f*** it. This is insane that they've talked us into having to preface every talking point with, I have nothing against homosexuals. Many of my best friends are gay. Uh, Dennis is a godfather to a homosexual couple. Now, that being said, let me give you my thoughts on gay marriage. This notion that they've talked good That's right. family people who've never brought any harm to any group, uh, regardless of sexual proclivities or gender, age, or race. We've never done anything. Why do we have to start every every rebuttal to every argument with, you know, look, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not homophobic, and I'm not a racist, and I'm not a... And then you explain you have a wife, and she... Honey, are you here, by the way? This is good stuff. <laughs> anyway, you're missing a lot of good stuff. The voice is, let's stop doing that. Done. Go right into Done. your talking point. I'm never point. doing that again. Go right into your talking point. You're not homophobic, and you're not racist, and you're not xenophobic. I'm not, actually. You're, you're not. Right. So no, you're right. Why, why do we have to prove that to Nutjob, who's arguing with you, and who's got you on your heels because you have to make sure that they know you're not a racist at every turn? You just changed my show. From thank here on, I will not. Gentlemen, thank you. I can't wait for the movie. It's great to see you. But I don't actually agree with Corolla's solution. Let's think about what Adam Carolla is saying here. He's saying that it's absurd that leftists think that all of us on the right are racist, and it's absurd that any criticism of any social issue by a conservative is met with an accusation of bigotry. So because these accusations are untrue, and we know that they're untrue, we should just stop trying to placate the left by qualifying ourselves before discussing various political topics. But what Adam Carolla isn't considering here is that though it's ridiculous that we have to qualify ourselves, this is the world in which we live. Many leftists have been brainwashed. And just because some leftists will dismiss our preemptive rebukes of accusations of racism or our attempts to combat assumptions about us, just because some leftists will dismiss these expressions, that doesn't mean that all will. There are people listening into our conversations who, who have their suspicions about us and are very happy to be reassured. They're happy to have their concerns addressed. And I think that there is a growing number of leftists who are waking up to the idea that, yeah, if you've got a black friend, you're probably not a racist, regardless of what the Black Lives Matter folks tell you. And the more that the far left pushes these ridiculous ideas, the further the moderate left shifts right. 
In a recent debate, I tried to qualify myself several times, but a lot of the people didn't buy it. I was even called a racist by some of the people who follow my channel, which is crazy. Here's an example of one such exchange. I think Owen Benjamin says the N-word a lot just to be provocative. Um, but, but, but Wait, so you, you know, would say somebody like Owen Benjamin is not a racist? I literally know nothing about Owen Benjamin. Okay, because he has a video <laughs> where he literally said it. that if he had to choose a doctor, he would never go with a yeah. black doctor over a white doctor because he would be too scared the black doctor would kill him. Uh, actually, I understand that completely. Do you think that's a racist sentiment? 100% no. I think that is a sentiment. And listen, I worked for a black doctor, and he was an awesome guy, and I, I loved him to death. I, this was posted on Reddit without any explanation, okay? This is a perfect example of the left taking a conservative statement completely out of context and then labeling it racist. In this clip, I'm explaining that qualified black people are actually hurt by affirmative action because people know that affirmative action is a thing. They, they know that diversity initiatives are a thing. So it's natural to suspect that a black professional may be less qualified than a white or an Asian person in the same profession. The logic can be traced this way. In order to qualify for elite training, a student must take a test. Group A must achieve 90%. Group B must achieve 80%. The training program takes five students from Group A and five students from Group B. Okay, now both go through the training program. Four, eight, four of the students from Group A graduate, three of the students from Group B graduate. Now, in order to get a job at this company, the company examines the success of the students during their training. In order to qualify, Group A must have achieved 90% through their training. Group B must have achieved 80% through their training. The company hires two students from Group A and two students from Group B for diversity purposes, let's say. Now, the problem with this system is that the public is aware of it. The public knows that the Group B students were held to a lower standard at both the admission level and the hiring level. So everybody who seeks the services of this company, they only want to work with professionals from Group A. Now here's the twist. Actually, the two students from Group B who were hired actually achieved 100% on their initial testing and 100% throughout the training. They were the best students from beginning to end. But the clients of the company have no way of knowing this. All they know is that these B students were held to a lower standard than the A students. Simply because of the lower standards, the natural suspicion arises that Group B students perform more poorly. This suspicion may not be valid, but it is rational. And this inevitably hurts Group B students because of the perception caused by the system. But all of that explanation was removed, and they just said, look, this guy thinks that if people suspect black doctors are inferior, that that's okay. He's a racist. I would also like to clarify another point I made about race, specifically my defense of preconceptions. People had some questions after the debate I did with Destiny. Some people said, oh, I, I didn't know you were a racist. Or, uh, and one of my subscribers said, I was really shocked that you are so assuming about people by the way that they look. And I guess that's the nature of Destiny's channel. Somebody told me afterwards that he likes to ask questions in a way to make people look racist. But, I mean, I don't really mind that. I, I, I kind of like to say provocative things sometimes. And if he wants to initiate that, you know, I welcome those kinds of difficult topics. The problem is when people hugely misinterpret what you're saying. So in this case, for instance, I specifically said in the video, specifically said that I think an assumption is bad, but a suspicion might be natural. That is, if because of one's life experience, statistics, or some other accurate data, if one might suspect something about somebody because of this stuff that they've seen, that doesn't make them a bigot. 
to deny the fact that we're all subject to suspicions about people, uh, you know, that we're subject to preconceptions based on how they first appear to us. This is delusional. Everybody does this every single day. The very charged example that Destiny used in the debate was the idea that a human resource officer or an employer might suspect a black job applicant might be more dangerous, let's say, because statistics show that black people tend to commit more violent crimes at higher rates than other groups. And, you know, the revulsion that people have over this kind of scenario is totally right. I mean, people must be judged on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. But a preconception, a suspicion, is not a judgment. Preconceptions suspicions do not a racist make. Racism is a very specific thing. It's a hatred or a belief in the total inferiority of a race. And to label somebody racist, that is a very serious claim. To condemn somebody for being a racist, we have to be very careful. The evidence needs to be very clear. And I think when a suspicion moves into an assumption, this is maybe where we start to cross the line. Now, what do I mean by a suspicion? What do I mean by an assumption? A suspicion indicates an awareness of a possibility or a likelihood, a loose preconception. And an assumption indicates that a definite conclusion has been drawn, really without enough data. The assumption itself, though, is really just bordering on racism, in my view. The, the real problem comes when the assumption is maintained in the face of contradicting evidence. Look, it is impossible to deny our experience or knowing statistics about various groups of people. But if you are willing to give individuals a chance to investigate, this kind of suspicion can be quickly alleviated. Whatever your preconceptions, if an applicant turns out to be an amazing dude and you accept him as an amazing dude, that's fine. There's no problem there. Your preconceptions did not lead you to bias. The same is true for lots of kinds of people. A white applicant with a southern accent or a New York accent or a fat guy or a frat boy or whatever. The difference between a bigot and a regular person with preconceptions about people is that the bigot holds on to their preconceptions despite all evidence contradicting them. This is because the racist hates, irrationally, and that's the difference, hate. And as I said to Destiny, where I'm from, black people aren't typically lower class, so I don't tend to have those suspicions anyway. That's just not my experience. I mentioned this to my brother the other day, who, who actually does have to hire people back home in Salem, Oregon for our family's business. And he said, yeah, you know what? When black people apply at the factory, I'm usually surprised because I think, why are you applying for this factory job? You are way too upscale for this. And we had a good laugh because, you know, where I'm from, this is just true. It's, it's, it's a preconception that we have back home about black people, and it's a positive preconception. And a lot of people don't understand that, but that's true. And I guess that's another, you know, I'm not a racist qualification, but it's true. It's 100% true, and it's totally relevant. And maybe that's why I don't mind defending white people against being labeled racist for their preconceptions. It's because I'm very confident that I am actually not guilty of this myself, just because of my life experience. So it's something that I can look at from the, from the outside. I'm not defending myself, really. I'm defending everybody else. All right, let me put this another way. When I make a case against the assumption of racism in white people, it's not because I'm afraid I will be called a racist. Maybe I should be afraid of this, but that doesn't tend to occur to me. I'm arguing against these assumptions of white racism because such assumptions are themselves racist. Despite all evidence to the contrary, there are many people who see white people and just automatically assume they're racist. They could speak with the white person, get to know them, work with them, maybe even become their friend. But because they're white, they'll always be condemned as a racist. And this is particularly true of white conservatives, even more so of conservative men. And if you're a straight, white, Christian, conservative, male Trump supporter, 
Forget about it. Leftists don't even see you. They just see Klan robes or a Gestapo uniform. So believe it or not, when I'm arguing against assumptions about white racism, I'm actually fighting against racism. The terms racist and racism, sexist, homophobe, xenophobe, misogynist, etc., these have become slurs. They've become ways to demonize particular groups today. And that's what I'm fighting against. And although I agree with Adam Carolla that it is absurd that we conservatives seem to have to qualify every political idea we express, I don't agree with him that we should just stop qualifying ourselves. I think I have a better solution. Before expressing an idea that will certainly raise the specter of racism or sexism or homophobia, Islamophobia, xenophobia, whatever, just ridicule the left's bigoted assumptions. Say, okay, before I get into this, I feel like I need to qualify myself by explaining how I am not a racist, but this is really stupid. I know you guys will inevitably jump to the conclusion and make that claim, and honestly, it's exhausting. You guys need to stop assuming all conservatives are bigots, because you know what? It actually just makes you bigots yourselves. So let's do away with our preconceptions and start listening to each other's ideas. And, you know, maybe that can serve as a preemptive guard instead of the usual, I'm friends with a black guy. An even more effective technique is one that I've advocated for years. It's just call them out whenever they indirectly suggest that you're a racist. Say, okay, so you're saying that you think that I'm a racist. If we pin these people down and force them to make these kinds of strong accusations, I think it will be clear by our rhetoric that we're not what they're accusing us of being, and it'll make them look like the radicals. Ridicule and clarity. These are the ways that we can overcome false accusations of bigotry. We should not ignore them. There are too many people shifting to the right these days to just abandon them and not address their concerns. We need to reassure those who are on the verge of coming over to our side. Our side is safe. We're not bigots. We're not racists. We're individualists. And we strive to judge by individual merit, not group identity. Well, that's it for me. If you like this video, hit the like button. If you want to see more like this, please subscribe and hit that bell. Uh, and if you hate me, you're probably Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Why so leftist, dude? Why so leftist? <laughs> Good night. This is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face. That their policy of accommodation is appeasement. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, therein lies the road to war. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery.